Calling out to the Atascacita community, it's time for your Atascacita Library advanced copy. Get your notes and news now. Happy Halloween, Atascacita community. We hope you've had an opportunity to see the staff decorated pumpkins in the window nearest to curbside pickup. There are some really creative creatures to spy there. We are having a super special advanced copy with the short stories we've been given permission to read from our Scary Story Contest. Thank you to everyone who sent us their scary stories for the contest. Our first contest story is by Gavin, and I wish I could have shared the PowerPoint that he shared with us. It was so creative. So here is Gavin's scary story. Chapter 1 One day was like no other, but the same. This boy walked into the forest. They were waiting for their friends, but they didn't come. It was around 12 p.m. I was lost in the forest alone. I didn't have a phone, but then I heard something running past me. Then I heard a howl and saw a light. It was a house. I started running towards it. I knocked. No answer, so I opened it, and there was food on the table. I ran towards it, but someone stopped me there. I looked at them. He was covering half his face. I didn't know what to do. Chapter 2 I just didn't know what to do. Then an idea hit me. I grabbed a book and whap! He's knocked out cold. I have a fighting chance. I ran toward a room. I went in and locked the door, and then I heard a thud. He's awake again. Oh no! Then he kicked the door. I grabbed a chair, and then everything went black. I was dead. And that's why he's unknown. No one heard from him again. What a great story, Gavin, and thank you for sharing it with us. And now we have our second scary story, Hidden by Mirinda. All right, listen up. I shoved the last bite of cupcake into my mouth as I turned my attention to Mr. Renner, one of the chaperones for the New Year's Eve sleepover at my high school. Most of the junior class is in attendance. He waves everyone closer to him. I stand my short self behind Becca and Travis, both relatively tall, staying close enough to hear, but not front and center. I flick my mousy brown hair behind my shoulder and cross my arms as if upset. I don't want anyone talking to me and causing a distraction I'm never a part of. The music pauses as he continues. We had our food and we had our party. Now it's time for a little game to kick the night off for real, he says excitedly. His thick black hair shines in the bright gym lights and his bright neon shirt is fitted around his muscled frame. For a PE teacher, he's a really nice guy, but I'm the only girl in my group he actually likes as a person. Who here does not know how to play sardines? He asks. Several hands shoot up, others more slowly. I keep my hand down, although sardines is one of my favorite group games. As a group game, he starts, you will pick someone among yourselves to hide in a place for all 18 of you. A few kids shout to volunteer themselves, but it's Luke who gets chosen. Mr. Renner continues. While Luke hides, the rest of you will remain here. After 15 minutes, you'll go search. He nods at Luke, and his thick, sandy blonde hair bounces as he takes off running. 
I keep my eyes on the other kids, watching and listening. Most people in the games I've been in usually teamed up so the game ended faster and we could start a new one. It looked very similar to what most of the older juniors were doing. The others seem to catch on quickly and form groups of their own while a few of us nomads stay alone. And I don't mind. With my black jacket hood up over my head, I usually don't get many inquiries. The timer on Mr. Renner's phone goes off and most people start running in all directions. A few of the other nomads go out alone, but I see a couple of them join a group. I start to wander the school aimlessly, looking for a place for 18 kids. It's no easy task with the surprising amount of junk. I decide to check the theater stage. Nothing. I try the cafeteria next. Still nothing. I go back out to check and see if the groups have found anything. Where'd Marcus go? I hear someone ask. He must have found Luke. Someone else guessed. Wait, Eric's gone too. Other people were starting to gather around the first goal. Wasn't Eric with you? I listen but stay back, away from them. He was right behind me. Where were you when you noticed he was gone? Someone asks. The teacher's lounge. A few of them start to go that way. I watch them and wonder if I should join them or go back to the food, but decide to stay put since I want to keep an eye on everyone. When I glance back at the group, I notice most of the kids are gone, realizing I was zoned out again. I turn back to the nomads who stayed. One of them, Macy, comes up to me. She has light blonde hair. She's taller than me, too. Her green eyes stared down at me. I'm sorry if this comes off as rude, but how come you're acting like this is more than what it seems? I cock my head at her. She always has confused me, but this is top-notch. I look her in the eye. Because you never know when it will be. Her expression as she backs away is priceless. Suddenly, a single scream echoes through the hallway, and I bolt in the direction it came from. I run up the stairs and down a few hallways as I shove past kids. Apparently, I'm the only one who heard it. Or maybe I'm closest to hear it. Whatever they saw is not good. I stop them when I see him, pale and drained of all life, lying on the floor at the end of the hallway is Marcus. I quickly take my jacket off and glance behind me to make sure no one is watching before I taking him into a closet I'm pretty sure everyone searched and shove him inside with my jacket over him. I step back as I close the door and stare at the wall in front of me. What now? Leave him in there with my jacket? I take it back, but it already stinks, so I toss it in the trash can on my way back to the others. I see almost everyone looking now and hear no mention of Marcus. He didn't seem injured, but he looked like he'd been that way for a while. He didn't look like he was murdered. Maybe a medical condition hit him and he didn't have his meds or something. Maybe. I'd have to ask around. I try to recall if he had any friends who came, and remember he and Riley were pretty close. Ask him about anything medically wrong with Marcus, but poor Riley didn't know of anything. I stop the human interaction and go back for the food, but keep my eyes and ears open. As I finish my plate full of junk food, I hear people talking. I think Chris and Jace and Minho are gone too. Kaiser, talk in with a very authoritative demeanor. They must have found the others. 
and Isaac, short nerdy guy. Other people start going missing. I find Macy's and Ethan's bodies next, same as Marcus's. I take them to their own closets and continue the search. So far, three are dead and one still missing. I go back to the gym but stop and stare. Kids aren't the only ones dying. Now Mr. Renner is dead on the floor for all to see in the middle of the main lobby. I'm too tired to move him, so I leave him there. I check the wall clock. 1.36 a.m. I rub my eyes tiredly and try to find the other teachers, but they're nowhere to be found. Luna, Bella, and Jasmine turn up dead. Other kids find Minhone, Jace, and Chris. Only ten of us are left. Parents will be picking everyone up in four hours, and I can only hope we figure out why people are dying by then. Soon, Kaiser comes around and has everyone go back to the gym. Everyone is talking in a panic, making my head hurt. A few masculine jock dudes glare at us until we quiet down enough for Kaiser to start talking. Obviously, this is becoming more than a game. A few people start shouting. Kaiser starts yelling over them. At this point, all we can assume is that it's someone in this building. That makes everyone shut up. You all know how the buddy system works. Find your buddy now. Apparently, Jacob decided he wanted to be my buddy. I frowned at his stupid grin and turned back to Kaiser as the others quieted down after finding their buddies. You don't leave your buddy alone. Bathrooms are limited to the ones in here. Keep each other in sight at all times. Kaiser lowers his head dismissively and everyone starts talking. Surprisingly, Kaiser comes up to me. Jake, you mind switching? He asks. I think it hurts Jacob's feelings, but he nods and walks away with another kid who I'd had thought was his twin with dark skin and hair. I turn to Kaiser. You think it was one of us, he says. He's always reading people like a book. Makes sense, I say. Who else is in the school at two in the morning? He shakes his head and his jet black hair makes him look vaguely like Percy Jackson. This is not a game anymore. I look down in time for the lights to go out everywhere. A few screams and cell phone flashlights in the face later, they came back on and I look up at Kaiser and four other kids lie on the ground, unmoving. Only Jacob, Christina, Naomi, Will, and myself are left. We all hurry toward each other. You all saw that, right? I ask. They nod, obviously shaken. Stay together. I notice Will keeping his hands in his pockets and Christina almost whimpering. We go to one of the classrooms near the exit where our parents will pick us up. I lock the door. If I'm right, one of them is the killer. Christina seems innocent enough in her long blonde hair and bright pink wardrobe that nearly kills my eyes. Jacob is terrified enough to stay quiet alongside Naomi. Will is the only one willing to talk. Why is this happening? He paces near the front of the room. He reminds me vaguely of Robert Downey Jr., with his black facial hair mirroring the thick mop on his head. Naomi is shaking next to Jacob, both sitting in the back. Christina seems dazed, but relatively calm, staring out the window into the darkness. After an endless five minutes, the lights go out again for 15 seconds. They come back on, but there was no scream. We all look around to see Christina on the ground in front of the window in a small pool of blood. 
Standing over her is Jacob, a pocket knife in his hand. His face stares back at us in a mix of shock and horror. Jake? Naomi asks, still shaking. He looks down at his knife. I lunge at him, pinning him to the wall, my arm in his throat as Naomi grabs his knife. He's defenseless. Suddenly I realize that he isn't the killer. Well, he is a killer, but not the one we want. None of the others were stabbed. Not one. But why would Jacob kill someone? To get it done quicker, I realize. To end this nightmare. I punch him hard in the jaw, then his nose, then slam him to the ground. Will tries to grab me from behind, but I throw my head back and I think his teeth cut my head. Will lets go of me and I'm kicking Jacob in the side. You sure did think this through. I yell at him, losing it. Before I can yell some more, the lights go out again, but longer this time. They come back on, and this time I'm standing where Naomi was. She's standing over Jacob with a knife. Will tackles him, and the lights go out again. They come on to reveal Will over Naomi's dead body. We are the only two left alive. I know I'm innocent, so he must be the killer. You, I say. A grin spreads across his face. He walks closer to me. You know why I left you for last. I know Will. This isn't him. Will is cocky and spontaneous, and I'm 100% positive that he had a crush on me. He wouldn't kill anyone. He would sacrifice himself. I back up as he continues. I left you out because you're different. You're not like the others, and we know it. The way he said we makes no sense. He says it like he and I are not the we. Like he's referring to something else, someone else. You've played this game for a long time now and have yet to tell anyone, and for that we thank you. His smile fades as he sees my confusion. You really don't see it, do you? He scoffs. Every game you've played ended up with someone getting injured one way or another. First it was Haley with her bloody nose. Next was Caleb with his broken arm. Then came Luke with death after so many others. I keep my eyes on him as I register this. He's right. Not one game of sardines ever ended well. Never. Not once. Why are you doing this to me? I never did anything wrong, I say, almost yelling. That's exactly why, he bellows. You're too pure, too innocent. His grin returns. You resent friends because you don't want to hurt anyone. You push everyone away, including your poor lovesick William. I'm crying now. Stop it. I'm backed into a corner. You ran away from home and claimed to have your parents' signatures on permission slips and doctor's notes. His voice is raised and I can smell the pizza breath. Also, you didn't have to die on them when the inevitable happens. When they die. He spits the word at me and it actually hurts. Shut up, I yell at him. Tears are running down my face at the mention of my parents. Make me he roars. He raises the knife and I cringe away from it with my eyes closed. I never feel the blade pierce me, but I hear someone being stabbed. I look and he's got the knife in his own chest. He pulls it out and offers it to me. 
I let it fall to the ground as I watch him do the same. You have to live with this, he says so softly I can hardly hear. You'll have to. But it's too late. I wander the school an hour later, not bothering to move anyone around anymore. The sun will come up soon, and parents will start to show, so I leave. The whole school is locked, so I bust a window and run to the trees, leaving the school behind me. That was the last time I was ever interacted with people, really. No one found me in the woods, and eventually I fell asleep and didn't wake up. No one will ever know what really happened that night, because everyone involved ended up dead. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Coffee. For those who like to mark their calendars early, the library holiday closings coming up are November 26th through 29th and December 24th through 27th. We'd also like to note that the Atascacita Branch Library will be closed on Tuesday, November 3rd, so that the library can be focused on voting that day. We are a polling location for the presidential election on November 3rd. Staff talking about their favorite scary stories in our last podcast, and they mentioned some of their favorite movies as well. Well, this time, we let them just focus on the movies. So the staff horror movie picks is a discussion on cheesy budget, classic, and modern creepers we all know and love. Hi everyone and thanks for joining in. Today we've got a scary slash horror talk for you guys. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite horror movies that we love watching during any time of the year, not specifically October or Halloween. I'm Marissa. I'm Kimberly. I'm PJ. All right, and we're going to dive right in. So we actually made a, an entire list because that's how many movies we watch related to horror. Librarians and us, scary. You wouldn't have thought about it, huh? So I'm going to go ahead and start off. I do want to talk about the movie Insidious. Now, this one will kind of fall into like your paranormal horror movies. Basically, it's a series, so you've got about four movies, but I would suggest just watching the very first one. Basically, you have this little boy who can astro... astral plane? Astro project? Is a- that astral the word? project? Yeah. Something, like, Something that. like that. He goes out of his body when he sleeps. Um... Um, and it turns out that there's something more insidious to it. Um, <laughs> hence the title. <laughs> but it is really, um, it's one of those movies that isn't necessarily um, gory. Um, like I said, it's paranormal. So you've got different aspects in there that just make it creepy or unsettling. Um, and then another one that I really, really like is Hereditary. This one is not... I think that this one is one of the horror movies. It is. (laughs) So I went to go see this movie in the theaters with my friends. And it was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought maybe it was going to be like a thriller and it may be just a little bit scary. Like a few jump scares. But this was one of those movies that has stuck with me ever since I watched it. And let me tell you, <laughs> we were watching the movie and I was on my seat. So were my friends. But there was a guy, two seats next to us. 
with his wife and he was just freaking out just as much as we were he was on the literal edge of his seat and at the very end because the ending is just so like it builds up to all these different events that happen in the movie basically it's about a girl and she's having some trouble with school and her brother is supposed to be taking care of her he goes to a party one night and she comes with him because he's supposed to be babysitting her and then trouble ensues when he has to go home under the influence with her in the car it's just really really disturbing and it's not something i would <laughs> it's not for younger audiences it is that's not for sure for younger audiences so i it I would highly suggest to watch this by yourself if you're 18 years or older. But it really is one of those horror movies that I just could not, like, truly it was horrifying. Like, it was so uncomfortable. And at the very end, I just could not stop thinking about it. So the studio who makes the movie is a A A21 studio. And they have been turning out a lot of movies like that. So I would check that movie out. Another one on my list. This one isn't necessarily scary, but it is very funny. Um, We have a category called... uh, (laughs) I'm just gonna say the title. The title is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And so again, this one is not scary, but for those who have seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, you know what I'm talking about. It's very cheesy. Basically... There's a tomato. It's a killer. It is out to get you. And so it's like, I think it's in the 70s. And so there's all of these different things that are in the movie as well. It comes and it comes for like people in in the house. There's one scene where it's like a a guy and he's reading the newspaper and his wife is making breakfast or something. And then she like screams because the tomato comes out of the garbage disposal and like tries to kill her. (laughs) So the movie's like full of these tomatoes just rolling around. I mean, all I have to say about this is be kind to your vegetables. Yes. <laughs> be Treat. kind to them. You never know when they're going to turn around and try to kill you. Treat your veggies well. Treat them well because they will they will roll around and you'll <laughs> scream for your life. That, but this is one of those movies that I really enjoyed watching. It wasn't horror, it wasn't scary, but it was one of those ones that was just like, okay, why is this? Okay, so I have to interject just slightly. The very first one you talked about, the Insidious series, I do like all of those movies, but I have to say the first one is actually my least favorite of the series. It is. Because the main bad guy looks like Darth Maul from Star Uh. Wars, (laughs) and I just can't take that seriously. Okay, but, okay. But the score on the score, that movie, yeah. on the whole series, the music, it's that kind of mu- that music that makes your heart drop. It's yeah. so startling and it's so loud. Yeah. Like, burst your eardrums loud because you're not expecting it. Yeah. So I know when I put the movie in or it ends, I have to turn the volume down because I'm, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to be hurting. Of those movies, I think the one I like the most actually is the second. Yes. I know what you Oddly mean. enough. Yeah. The second is by far... <laughs> I think the best one, the third one is eh, and then the fourth, it's either the third or the fourth one where they do a prequel. Yes. And that one's okay, but it's the not as The one with the girl? Is that yes. One? Okay. Yeah. I actually like that one, too. Yeah, that I one like was the good. One the, I think the last one, the fourth one, the mm. last key. Yeah. Mm, that one was okay. Yeah, Meh. it was all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I would, if you can't get your hands on the first one, then the second one is definitely, it's a good substitute or even one that's better than the first one. 
I just really like it because they follow along with one and two. And in the same, in both of the movies, there's like one, I guess you could say bad guy that follows around one of the main characters, which is the father. So in the first movie, it's the son and it's his problem. But then it later turns out you find out it's the guy, the father's issue. And that's why they're being haunted or possessed, basically, is because it's the it's the father. But, like, only you, the viewer, know. And so in the second movie, <laughs> you get to find out what happens. <laughs> like, right. No, it's just, like, it's one of, it, it does it so well in the first, at the very end of the first movie. Because I don't, I don't really want to spoil anything, but at the very end, it gets revealed to the viewer whose fault it actually is to why they're experiencing all these things. And then the second movie, they go they go into debt of that. So it's like, wow, when are they going to find out that it's him? They need to get away from him. <laughs> but that's why I love that series, because it's just... So one of the main characters, the actor who plays in the Insidious movies, the dad, actually, yeah. is also a main actor in one of my favorite scary series, which is the Conjuring series. Okay. And there's a lot of them now. I can't even remember how many there are now, yeah. but it also has led into spinoffs to the Annabelle series, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. The creepy doll thing is kind of my thing, I do a character that I came up with long before the Annabelle series came out. I do a thing here at the library for our teens called Molly the Dolly, and it is reminiscent of, of <laughs> Annabelle somewhat. Okay. The actor, for those of you know, wanting Patrick to know. Wilson. Patrick ah, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. got it. it. Snap, right yeah. when you picked up your I, phone. I thought it was Wilson, <laughs> but I'm like, nah, yeah. it's early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coffee hasn't quite settled in yet. So the Conjuring series, it follows two real life ghost hunters. I guess you could say paranormal trackers. It was the Lorraine Warren and her husband, Ed Warren. I'm sure it's very, very loosely based on some of their actual paranormal experiences. Right. I think the family who the first movie's based on says all of that's just, you know, not true. Right. But it's, it's a really interesting series. The movie is genuinely one of the scarier movies I've seen. It actually left me with goosebumps when yeah. I saw it. The first one I saw, I went with my husband, and after it was over, for like 30 minutes afterwards, I still had goosebumps because it was just so chilling and it was so well made and all of them i think are really really great yeah yeah and they all kind of lead into the same universe so oh, it's yeah. always like a little bit of layover in all of them just like the marvel universe there's a horror universe guys <laughs> <laughs> and i think they just announced that there's another country movie coming out yeah so i'm like i'm really excited so yeah so I'm like yes more 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 yes. another one i wrote down that i actually just watched on sunday as a refresher was the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. which is definitely one of those paranormal ones. It's a classic. I guess I'll always remember it because it played on the Sci-Fi Channel one Halloween. I think I was 13, and I think that was the first time I'd ever seen it, and it genuinely spooked me. Yeah. The Blair Witch did a number on me when I was mm-hmm. young. Because mm-hmm. I would just turn off the TV every time the commercial would come. <laughs> and, like, let me tell you, there was no escaping that commercial. It came, and I hated, hated when it came out at night, because I'm a lucid dreamer. <laughs> so, if someone else was, like, watching the TV and I couldn't turn it off, I would just, like, cover my ears and oh, start, no. like, singing a song. Oh, for you. Yeah, no, that movie did a number on me. No, I think I what get makes it. that so particularly frightening is the fact that you don't see who the bad guy is, ever. Yeah. You never see. And I wish 
you had. Mm -hmm. So I watched it the other day and I was thinking, gosh, this isn't as scary as I remembered it being, you know, but I think I'm just desensitized because I watched so many scary movies. Yeah. But yeah, that (laughs) one is, it's a classic. I actually really love the found footage genre. That's Mm. one of my favorite kind of things. So, which leads into another series that I really love, the Paranormal Activity series, which is almost entirely found footage, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about that series is there's no real answers in the end. You don't yeah, know. you don't know. Yeah. It's so aggravating. Ah, uh, getting chills. I do recommend the series. It's a favorite mm-hmm. for me. Oh, yeah. But by far, well, I gosh, I have so many I love. I really love the movie Oculus. Mm-hmm. It's That's about good. a haunted mirror. It's just wild. Mm-hmm. That's a wild one. That is, yeah. I, all of my favorite ones are all in the paranormal category that yeah. we wrote down. But I would have to say by far <sighs> the most scary thing I watched has to be the Ring series. That movie came out when I was, I think I was in the ninth grade or in the 10th grade, one of those. It messed me up. I could not turn on my TV for a week after <laughs> oh. I watched that. And if you've seen it, you'll understand why. And if right. you haven't, I won't tell you, but essentially, it's like a, a modern-day chainmail kind of thing. So, there's a haunted videotape. Videotape, that being the key word. Yeah. So, it doesn't really work now. The ring, the first one, it's a haunted tape. And you find out as the thing goes on, if you don't make a copy and or show it to somebody else, mm-hmm. you're going to die in seven days. <laughs> Genuinely creepy things happen throughout it. And so it's got a main character who's trying to figure out the the mystery of the tape and why it's killing off people. But, of course, she watches the video, so now she's in danger. And in the end, something really freaky happens, and that's what messed me up. Let's just say that the sound of snow on a TV still gives me the chills. Uh. To this day, it gives me the chills. So there is a study that I was sent to me by a really good friend of mine that works in a different library. So it is shout a out to Michelle. Scientific study. It's a scientific study <laughs> sent by another librarian. Thank you, Michelle, uh, for this. And I, it, I didn't even tell her I was doing this podcast at oh, okay. all. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to mention you. This study was conducted by Broadband Choices, and it tracked the heart rates of 50 people of different ages who watched over a hundred hours of scary movies. And there's a list of 35 most terrifying movies, but the most horrifying scary movie by heart rate and all this stuff was the movie Sinister. Mm -hmm. And I have to agree. It is a terrifying movie. It's really disturbing. I do not recommend this movie to anybody under the age of 18. Yeah. Very much so. It is, that that is one of the darkest things I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, I've seen a lot of dark stuff. Yeah. A lot of scary movies. It's, it is extremely unsettling. Yeah. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And I've only seen two. So I, like, I can <sighs> barely get what you're, you're talking about. But even then, two was, two was unsettling. But I, it's just like insidious. The other one is better kind of thing. Yeah. there. It's basically kind of like a playoff of a Stephen King book where mm-hmm. an author tracks and writes about all these horrible these murders essentially and so he moves his family into the house of a family that was murdered the last Uh. family was murdered and things start happening in the house and he starts seeing this entity and the entity shows him these really horrific videos 
And that's where the elements of just unsettling and disturbing mm-hmm. yeah. images come into play. So again, don't watch this if you're under 18, yeah. please. Yeah, number two is Insidious. Number three was The Conjuring. Number four <laughs> is Hereditary. And number five is Paranormal Activity. Stuff to get your heart racing. Yes. Now we know. <laughs> All right. All right, so I'm going to start with some lightness. And I will say the first one is not at all scary. It's just so delightful. And as a child, October and Halloween did not happen until I watched this movie. And it's Hocus Pocus. Yes. I love, love Hocus Pocus. Great music. Yeah. I love the story. I love the goofiness of the Sander sisters. (laughs) I love that there's going to be a sequel. Yes. So I, um, yes, as a kid, Hocus Pocus, like I said, Halloween did not happen. October didn't happen until I saw Hocus Pocus. <laughs> now, the other one, I don't think is scary. It's just a sophisticated with a great cast. It is, sorry, Kim, the sophisticated version of Twilight. <laughs> Interview Ooh. with a vampire. Uh. I love Interview with a vampire. <laughs> which I love it too, but I'm just saying it's sophisticated more than Twilight. Yeah. Twilight is like your teen crush, you know, the first flutters of butterflies. <laughs> and then Interview with a vampire is like... Vampire is like, what, your adult crush? Because you got <laughs> Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Christian Slater. Yep. You've got... Antonio <laughs> Banderas, oh, isn't it? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got Kristen Dunst. It's got a really good cast. It is. Yeah. Yes, but Tom Cruise, oh, he just shines in that He movie. makes it, yeah. But he plays such a bad guy. That's that's what's hard for me. I love Tom Cruise, and I can't I can't hardly handle him. Being but a bad guy, he's a bad guy is not your typical bad guy. You know, when you look at a scary movie, like I don't know what I can say about that character except that it's him at his Tom Cruise in that character. I love it. I can't imagine anyone else, any other actor, right. doing that. I'm trying to picture Robert Pattinson playing that. Ah. <laughs> no. No. See it. Be serious, please. I can't. No, no. Just so, and about. the great thing about that one, too, is if you've ever seen the original Carrie, the ending of Carrie kind of reminds me of the ending of Interview with the Vampire. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that, but I can see it. But this was very much in the height of the 90s with all these big actors who were really humongous. They still are. Mm-hmm. But... All these actors that were at their height in the 90s. So that's my lightness. Now can you do the darkness? <laughs> um, so I'm not really big on scary movies. I don't like anything where it's jumpy, right. it jumps out. I hate gore. I like the the thought-provoking Yeah, scary what do you call it? Um, psychological thrillers. Yes. So the first yeah. one that I really want to mention is Get Out. Great one. That is so good. Get Out is so unique in that it is funny and scary at the same time. Yeah. When I first saw the commercials for Get Out, I did not know whether it should be taken as a comedy or if it should be taken as a scary movie. Mm -hmm. And that was made by Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I love Key and Peele, so when I saw that he had directed that entire movie, I was like, what? I mean, <laughs> I don't think I would have ever expected him to have been doing those movies, because right. he also does Us, and then he is, I think, a producer for The Twilight Zone. 
So I oh, didn't yeah. expect him to, and he does a great job. Oh yeah. I think Get Out is just, I don't know, it, it was one of those movies where, like I said, I was like, is this a comedy? Is this scary? You go and you watch it and you realize it's both. Mm-hmm. It's both. And it's, and let me tell you, that was a fun experience at the theater. I went with a very vocal audience. Yeah. I had so much fun. The other one that I think is just really amazing is The Others by Nicole Kidman. It's a great choice. Yeah. The Others is on the basis of you think you know what you're watching. You think you know how the story is. And that in itself is kind of scary. Yeah. Until there's a major plot twist that just throws you off completely. And it's such a great plot twist. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for the plot twist. It's almost like Sixth Sense. Yeah. The same kind of plot yeah. twist in the end, which I will never give away. Right. If you've never seen it. Yeah, I can't really, I don't want to dwell too much into that. It's not, I wouldn't say it's... It's not a jump out and boo. Yeah. No. But, I mean, every scary movie has to have at least one, right? You know? <laughs> The other one that I want to talk about, and I'm pretty proud about this one, and I have to give a shout out to Here my friend, <laughs> Chris Scott, suggested it to my boyfriend, and then my boyfriend peer pressured me into watching it. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to say. He peer pressured me uh, into watching this, and I'm pretty proud of it only because I actually ended up sharing this with these two ladies that are next to me, (laughs) and they were so, nope, never again, never going to watch it. We came back the following weekend, and we were just like, PJ? (laughs) You don't get to make movie suggestions What was this movie? (laughs) These are hardcore people who love scary movies, so I'm very proud. Thank you, guys. (laughs) This one is... Hereditary is, like, one of my favorite movies because it is one of those, like, psychological thrillers. But it's, like, other than being paranormal or whatever, it is truly horrifying to watch. Like, I would only suggest this movie and, like, PJ's Midsummer if you are down to just be so uncomfortable. It is Midsummer. Now, be sure to watch that with a group of friends. Yeah. Let me talk about Midsummer. Midsummer, there are quite a couple of scenes that are very disturbing. I don't want to say too much about it. I will just leave you with, and I think I said this at our scary story, but let me leave you with the reaction that I had once it was over. I went to go watch this with my boyfriend and my friend, and as we leave the theater, felt the need to talk about this. And they were trying to have a conversation with me, and I was shutting them down. I was like, nope, nope, not ready. I'm not ready. My brain has not processed what I just saw. I don't even know what I just saw. (laughs) So I'm walking out there in silence, trying to be like, what? What did I just see? Right? So then I get to the car, and I break down crying. I just break down crying. Because I don't know what that movie did to my brain that it messed me up completely. And I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I, I'm trying to process it, but the best I could do is just cry about it. So then my boyfriend is like, are, are you, 
and he wants to talk to me. And I was like, I'm going to talk right now. I just need to cry yeah. at what I saw. And then <laughs> I, I have my emotional where I, I just, I cry. And then two minutes later, I tell my boyfriend, I need to go to TJ Maxx and I need to buy myself something. <laughs> Retail therapy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I will it. say about Midsummer. do not watch it with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that uh, do not be under eighteen and watch this. Yeah, yes. do not be under eighteen. Do not watch it with a group of friends if you highly get embarrassed. I yeah, because I will tell you right now. I warned these ladies about watching it with group of friends, and Marissa <laughs> did not heed my warning. <laughs> did not. I was like, you know what? It's fine. Like I've seen scary movies. My friends have. We have a thing where if there's a scary movie out, I will I will go over there and we'll watch it. So I'm just like, all right, no, it's fine, whatever. I'm like, hey guys, this look at this movie my coworker suggested. Let's watch it. So uh, <laughs> I was uncomfortable watching it with my own husband. We're adults too, so we just kind of sat there and, and like very uncomfortable. And it was one. It's not that I'm banned per se, but I can really no longer suggest movies to them because this movie really messed up. <laughs> like that relationship one of my friends is like okay but is it like <laughs> midsummer and i'm like no no different studio i promise but that's after i've done extensive research on the movie anyway to make sure that it wasn't that i think one of the best parts about watching a scary movie though is that spooky feeling afterwards yeah. where you just feel like ooh, what's around the corner so the other night we watched, you know, the Paranormal Activity movies, yeah. and I think we actually watched the second one, and there's a dog very prevalent in the movie. Yeah. In the middle of the night, I'm, I wake up to hear my dog growl, just staring at the door. <gasps> I'm like, Tango, not tonight. Not <laughs> after watching a scary movie. All right. This has been really fun. <laughs> Let's do this every week. Let's talk about scary yes, movies every yes. week. And of course, if you have any questions about the movies we recommended, feel free to email us or give us a call. <laughs> I'm Marissa. I'm Kimberly. And I'm PJ. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this special Halloween-filled advanced copy. Have a safe and happy Halloween. You've been listening to Atascacita Advanced Copy music storybook by scottholmesmusic.com podcast supported by a grant from best buy through the friends of atascacita branch library visit fold.ws to learn more about this 501c3 volunteer organization